This is a Co-op TV podcast. You are listening to the Advisors Network podcasts, where your fellow advisors share tips, stories, and lessons learned. As we continue to transform to advice-based services like life, commercial, and wealth, you may have questions or concerns about what it takes to be successful. In this series on Wealth Tips, we talk to some top advisors who are focusing on building a wealth book of business long before there was a wealth strategy. We have huge client bases that a lot of advisors with, say, Sun Life or London Life would die for. And we're sitting on it in a lot of cases, being our own worst enemy, just afraid to start asking. I'm Brad Scott, and I travel to St. John, New Brunswick to visit with Melanie Lyons. Melanie's roots are in life and wealth, spending the first 10 years of her career at London Life and the last 10 with the cooperators. Melanie, St. John is an industrial city that's had a struggling economy for quite some time. How would you describe your typical client? My average client is just your average working individual and they're all definitely concerned about their dollars. It's uh, very competitive in St. John for the PNC market. Our auto rates aren't um, real fantastic. So that's been more of a reason why I do try to focus on the areas that I'm strong in because um, the, the auto can come and go so quick and uh, my roots are in the life and wealth so I've tried to stick to that for the most part and educate those people with what dollars they have and build that relationship so that they'll stay with our agency and they're not just looking at us like the next PNC provider that's temporary. How much impact does the economic situation have on on wealth specifically? It certainly has some impact. I, I still truly believe there's lots of people out there with, you know, wealth that I can bring into this agency. It just may have an impact on how many dollars that is that uh, that I'm bringing in. Um, people are tighter on on their funds, though, and we deal with more issues sometimes with you know, non-sufficient funds and people don't want to talk about wealth. So you do get a little bit of that, but there's still um, lots of potential, even though I am in a market like this, because everybody, you know, still has money. They still have goals. Sometimes those are the easier clients to speak to, honestly, because they're the ones that truly want your help and are willing to to work with you and, and try to be diligent because they they know how hard it is. Nothing gives me more satisfaction when someone will leave and they'll smile and they'll be like, wow, like, you know, you've just really explained things. I feel so much better. You know, I'm so glad we sat down today. You know, that's my reward more than anything else, really. So the starting point is really making a connection. People just want a relationship because most clients that I deal with are not, you know, high-end net worth clients. They're your average person that's, you know, working hard, has a family, not huge dollars, and they just need some sort of plan. And I don't even talk about rates of return with people. It comes into play if maybe they ask and I'll show some, but I I don't ever like to try to play that game on that I'll do better 
than where you were because that will never work. That will always backfire on you at some point. You have to just push why they want to deal with you, why you're going to take care of them, why you're going to be that person they can call immediately. They're not going to go through a call center. My clients all know they can email me. You know, I'm sure I'm like many other advisors and sadly my phone's 24-7. I could be on vacation and to me it's just way easier to answer that client because I know what it's like if there's something with me and my world and I want an answer or I'm concerned and it only takes a couple of seconds. So I think people really want that personalized service and we can offer that, especially on the well side. They they want to know they can have somebody that they can contact or if they have a question and they can't get that from the banks. You have to deal with a call center just to book an appointment to see somebody and chances are it's not the person you saw six months or a year ago. In the fact that you're building that relationship and you've told your whole history to that the next person's going to remember whereas with any of us you have that in your toolbox. You can say, you know, we're, we're building a relationship here. So, you know, I'm going to know everything there is that you're going to tell me and we're going to work towards your goal. How do you start a conversation about wealth with a client? Um, I typically will start a conversation asking them, you know, what their future plans are, their goals. Um, now that we have tax-free savings accounts, it's always trying to put that plug in as far as, that they have the ability to use these, even if it's for saving for Christmas, property tax accounts. You know, Canada's savings bonds are kind of a thing of the past, so people can use tax-free savings accounts to replace that. And it's just any idea to start getting them to save a little bit of money. And because they provide so much flexibility, people can take money out as well. But it, it just kind of sparks their curiosity, and they like the idea of maybe starting on a small scale. Um, I have a lot of people who do monthly deposits. So, you know, I find that builds your book of business for sure. Sometimes, you know, maybe some advisors don't want to necessarily add those people on with pads or don't look at it as it's much of a value or it's a waste of their time. But the more and more you keep adding, that's a regular monthly deposit that's going into, you know, your whole entire book. So it really does build up, especially if you're a younger advisor starting, you know, the more you can get people on monthly that's going to pay off in the long run if you have a long career so and I'll go into other details I'll ask them if they've had other pensions or jobs that they've left because there's a lot of people that just have these little pots of money sitting with old employers that they don't have a clue that they could even move it or that they could manage it themselves There's a lot of people that have small little GICs at banks. They don't even realize they're non-redeemable because the banks will do that and they have no access to their money. They automatically renew and a lot of times it's at 1% or 2%. So I try to have those conversations just with little things. What are they doing? You know, where's their money? And let that kind of lead the conversation further. I find that really interesting that um, you noting about people not really knowing anything about their finances and, and knowing what they can and cannot do. So as an advisor, obviously you have to know more about that than, than they do, but, but how much more do you need to know? Because I, th- I think we have a lot of advisors who maybe think that uh, being involved in wealth is going to be quite onerous in terms of a, a learning curve. So what, what, what are your thoughts around that? Well, I can sympathize that they would feel that because 
that's how I feel with commercial, for instance. I try to avoid that because I think, oh, wow, there's so much involved and I just, I haven't dove into it because it's not my comfort zone. And, you know, again, I know that'll have to change at some point, but I guess with anything, you just have to try to keep trying to get your feet wet in it, not to be afraid. I think a lot of us advisors by nature, you know, we we have a certain image about ourselves. We don't like to feel like we don't know something and we don't want to be caught in that situation where we feel maybe we're looking, you know, foolish or stupid, so to speak, in front of the client. But I would tell people that they really need to brush up on their learning. Co-op does have fantastic learning opportunities internally, like with the different programs through Co-op Learn. I mean, now with the mutual funds coming down the pipe, people need to get mutual fund licensed. That's going to brush them up on a lot of topics that they may be unfamiliar with. There's programs through advocates that they could be doing as well as I just think maybe making it part of their process to sit down with, you know, someone in their district that can provide some maybe one-on-one learning and really just trying to tackle it themselves too. I think with anything and us as agents, we really, we, we didn't get to where we are in this position for nothing. So we are used to grabbing, you know, usually the bull by the horns and trying to learn something. We're all that personality, I'm sure, that are, you know, very independent and stubborn in most cases. So I think it's just a matter of, you know, getting to the root and saying, I'm going to do this like you would anything else and, and tackling that. It is a pretty fundamental change both for advisors and their staff and, and it's a new way of looking at, at ourselves and our, our agencies. How how do you make that transition? What are what are the, the keys to success? Well, that's a that's a tricky one because I guess for me I've never had to make too much of a transition because I've just always been focused on life and wealth and have always just kind of let my staff do the other. I know speaking with other agents in my districts, they, they, they'd get bogged down with the PNC side. And I guess I've <laughs> always just kind of stayed out of it for the most part because I don't like it, <laughs> to be completely honest. And I know what I'm best at, so I don't want to mess that up. So as far as transitioning, I just... I think people really have to kind of take a look at the direction that the company is going in and sharpen their skills. If, if they want to stay long term, they need to kind of look at, you know, what am I doing? Um, what do I do best? And I guess, you know, if there was an agent that maybe wasn't as strong in the life and the wealth, well, then find somebody else and hire somebody who can do the life if you're going to do the wealth or vice versa. And and if you find too much time is going into commercial as an advisor, and you need to start doing the wealth and get somebody to do the commercial in the agency, or, you know, just find those levers that need to be switched, or flicked, whichever you want to call it, and, and make sure you have the right person behind that to do it so that you are successful because we all like to feel successful and there's so many things by the end of the year that we need to have accomplished nobody likes you know having their tail between their legs at the end of the year when you know you didn't get this or that done and it's just a matter of sitting down and figuring out you know and admitting to yourself okay I can't do all this and I'm not perfect at all of this or great at all of this even you know who who's going to do this part and what am I going to do and 
and you just make it work so that you you are going to be successful going forward and you're going to feel good. How important is wealth to your to your agency? Wealth is extremely important to my agency, especially um, with how our transition is positioned through the years. I mean, I've been here 10 years now. As I build that block of business, that's very key for my own retirement. Um, and again, why no one should ever dismiss starting to add people on to monthly pad deposits, um, especially if you're a younger agent starting you know, it provides a residual income every year. So that, you know, as that grows, that's, that's certainly coming in that, um, again, until you look at those dollars, you don't really realize. Um, So if somebody runs the numbers with another agent, they can kind of be shown, you know, the benefit of of why it's important to, to do that wealth business. Um, I mean, we can all be guilty. I know myself, I, I could certainly do more wealth it's trying to find that happy medium because as the agent, you are pulled in so many directions. But it's the law of the numbers. If you do talk to people, you're going to get the money. There's going to be a pipeline coming in because some people will have dates when there's money coming available and you're preparing for retirement. Um, the education savings plans are key. There's government money that's on the table that a lot of people don't realize. So it's speaking with them to get those started So it it is, it's very important, I think, just from the perspective of building and keeping clients as well as helping to build your book of business and and the way of the future because more and more people are doing things online, but yet money is very important to people. They, They want, you know, some service on that because they've worked hard for that money. So I find they're a little more protective of it. I think that's a, that's a great answer, Melanie. So any other, any other Final thoughts on uh, advisors out there who are are dragging their heels on getting involved in wealth? I would say for any advisor out there dragging their heels, somewhere to just quickly start to get your feet wet would be to ask for a report from your kind of wealth life specialist in your district. Ask for a report for clients that have accumulated dividends in their life policies in the existing agency. You're going to get that list and call those people to have conversations just about moving those accumulated dividends into a tax-free savings account and then see where that goes. But there has to be at least probably, you know, 10 people you could get that at least it would get you into the process of writing the applications even, just getting more comfortable going through the investor profiles. It's going to spark some simple conversations about what else do you have or, you know, where do you see yourself? Some of the people may be older if they have accumulated dividends, and you can find out maybe they have pensions in certain places. But then at least it kind of, is a quick avenue that you can see, you know, these people have pots of money. Okay, I I can move this, you know, you can start getting some application count, you know, maybe pull another report for some younger people and, and start calling and asking what they're doing for the investments for their kids. You know, maybe just, again, instead of making it so broad for yourself, try to pick a couple of points and just tackle that. So maybe it's tax freeze and RESPs first, and then 
you know, it's not too complicated. You know, you're kind of on a mission. It's just either savings accounts or education savings accounts, and you're not getting into pensions and, and you know, anything too crazy at first. But it, it's a simple avenue. They can run the report for you. Uh, I've gotten them, and um, they work. You know, there's money sitting in your agency that you just don't necessarily see, but they have that report that they can run within a couple of days and give it to you. Melanie, would you say that wealth is an important addition to our offering? Yes, it complements everything because we want to build a fence around our clients. We want to stay in a position that there's an advantage to dealing with us. And if you can get the wealth business, those PNC clients are going to stick more than they will without it. It just gives you that extra advantage because not all agencies offer life and wealth. So we we have that advantage. We have um, lots of tools in our toolbox within the company. So it's just a matter of kind of stepping outside your comfort zone and starting somewhere. Well, thank you very much, Melanie, for some fabulous advice about building relationships and using the tools available to take care of your clients. Uh, It's clear to see why you have been so successful. For more tips and tricks from your fellow advisors, please subscribe to the Advisor Network Podcast.